Ian Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I'm Gloria Ackerman, and I'm very impressed with Chris' computer skills. <laughs> we were having some microphone <laughs> difficulty, and I was flying all over the screen and just I, trying to get it to work. I was very confused and watching him <laughs> click, 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 click. I'm very impressed. That's all I need to say. <laughs> yeah. Uninstalled a few drivers here, and... Something worked. I'm still not sure what. But the important thing is, we are here and welcome for you. For we are you. here for you. Like we are each and every week. <laughs> we are here for you, our listener. And thank you for being here with us. If this is your first time, why haven't you discovered us before? I mean, we've been on for weeks. You know, you really don't pay attention. I mean, that, I'm I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No. But Stop picking on our viewers <laughs> or <laughs> listeners. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Um, but no, seriously, if this is your first week, welcome to Whiskey and Mash. We uh, watch episodes of the TV sitcom Mash and review them. And this week we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 7, LIP, Local Indigenous Personnel. And Season 2, Episode 8, The Trial of Henry Blake. Uh, we tell you that ahead of time because then you can go and watch the episodes either before or after the ep uh, our episode of this podcast. They're available, all of them are available on Netflix. Otherwise, you can get, like, the whole collection, uh, MASH Martinis and Medicine collection from Amazon, Best Buy, that sort of thing. Has nice special features on the last disc. I got them as they came out, so I have these big DVD boxes and that's what we're watching them off of which the quality is really great so if you like the show I'd really encourage you to get the DVDs but they are out there on Netflix and I know a lot of people have the Netflix these days I haven't checked Hulu I should check Hulu see if it's on there I'm sure it is um, TV yeah because you know that has a bunch of stuff too but anyway uh, I don't know what episode number this is to be honest I didn't look but we have a bunch of episodes already. We started at the pilot in Season 1. We're in Season 2. We're on the end of the first disc of Season 2. Um, so this is probably going to be something like Episode 16. And it aired 11-3, well, 1973. Well, I'm talking about this episode of the podcast. Oh, oh of the podcast. This, yeah. didn't, this podcast didn't air in 1973. No, it didn't. No. 2015. I wasn't around then. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> We didn't have podcast. Ow! <laughs> there. Violence. <laughs> Hawkeye's against that. Anyway, all right. But yes, um, let's start off with season two, episode seven, LIP. LIP is stands for Local Indigenous Personnel. Um, this episode is about. Well, let's see. Hawkeye helps a soon-to-be discharged enlisted man who wants to marry a Korean girl and takes her. And the child to take her and the child back to the U.S. and that's a lot more complicated than you think it might be. Mm -hmm. yeah, remember that this is supposedly happening during the Korean War, police action, conflict, whatever. Um, so that would be 1950 to 1953. So that's so it's sort a different of, way of thinking. You yeah. have to put your mindset in the 50s. In fact, Hawkeye says single women just can't have babies. Everybody, yeah, that's what Hollywood has decided. Yeah, single, single women. women can't have babies. Yeah, that's they just can't. Yeah, that's <sighs> Hollywood. That because we start um, at a movie, and that's what he says to his date as they're leaving. Right. Leave. Yeah. So you know, just keep that in mind. That's the time period we're talking about. I mean, right now we're in 2015. 
there's a lot more um, equality as there should be between humans and you know in a lot of ways but back then there wasn't because there was a lot of racism still and oh yes and sexism yeah, and right and there still is but not near as much as the 50s no, no we've come a long way so hopefully hopefully yeah so he's trying to help him get married and uh what happens how does that go about well <laughs> lieutenant willis comes um, he's from the CID. What does yeah. that stand for? Central Intelligence Department? Something like that. He's military intelligence. He's And he has to give the okay for them to get married. Yeah. Um, but he passed out from drinking a little too much gin after <sighs> stating how he's really not for marriages outside of your... Race? Of your race. Right. Let, let, let's just put it bluntly. He made some disparaging comment about he said let's see them get an apartment within a well that's after that's after they hawkeye and trapper operate and do their thing but hawkeye is also going on with uh, with a girl um and his girlfriend yeah we'll we'll get into that later but yeah so they they the only way that they get this marriage to happen is they get this guy Schnockered on gin and passed out, and they end up taking some photos. And um, mm-hmm. he finally signs the paper saying that they can get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blackmails them. Which, if you have seen the movie Mash, what they do is very reminiscent of what Hawkeye and Trapper do to the army hospital uh, CO. In Tokyo, in the movie, oh, yeah. very right. reminiscent of that. Right. Yep. So he gives the okay, and uh, then before Walker, Corporal Walker gets married. Willis. Willis. Lieutenant oh. Willis. Lieutenant Willis. Lieutenant Willis. Corporal Walker. Corporal Walker. Okay. Before right. Corporal Walker gets, gets married, married, Hawkeye actually goes on one last date with his current Girlfriend. crush, and it's his last date because. Oh, she said a terrible thing. Hawkeye's girlfriend said, Kim, hmm, isn't that a Korean name? He said it can be. And she said, um, she called her a gook and said that she does not like it when we mix races. Yeah. But they had already had a child together. They were in love. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a different circumstance than the one we talked about a long time ago when the gentleman was doing it for money. Yeah. You know, this one, he actually loves this girl. They had a child together. Mm-hmm. Humans. We're yeah. humans. We, we don't we all feel and breathe? Yeah. I just... By the way, I she, think the episode you're thinking of is still coming up. Oh. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. we talked about that one. I don't think so. There okay, is another sorry. episode <laughs> where there's a... Uh, an army guy and, and they, it, he does it for money and he's marrying for money and you can tell um, there's no offense to the nice lady that he's trying to marry but um, you know used cars that come <laughs> off of rental lots <laughs> that have been there for a while they're that's, rusty that's kind of <laughs> how she looked couple too many people had put their keys in the transmission <laughs> of this car but anyway, that's a different episode. 
Yeah. Um, so, so they do get married, mm-hmm. and so he gets to bring, I hope, yeah. gets to bring them home with him. Yep. Yep, yep. Right. So. But, yeah, she was not a nice lady, and, no, and you see it, Hawkeye's personality come right through because he immediately, after she says that awful word, he immediately was like... He actually says, Lieutenant, you have a body that I could spend eternity getting getting to know and then like top to bottom and start all over again but there's some pretty unappetizing ideas mixed in with that and i don't know if i can take the mix right and so he just gets up and leaves just shows who hawkeye is Mm -hmm. and you can kind of tell there's going to be something off about his relationship with this nurse from the start. I didn't. I thought, oh, she's pretty. No, because <laughs> every other one, every other nurse he gets with, it, it's very intentional that he can pretty much turn it on and get them right away. With her, their first date at the movies, what did they she... They got a handshake. Yeah, what did she give him at the end of the night? A, a handshake. handshake. And he said he hadn't had a handshake since sophomore years yeah <laughs> yeah you know and then even after that they like i think they go on one other date and all she ends up giving him is like a kiss right and that's it and he had to really fight for that which you know great admirable but that's not that's not what happens with hawkeye, hawkeye. in fact trapper said well if anyone yeah. uh, it's going to be you i have faith in you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like with your batting average, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> what are some other things about this? Um, we see at in the opening of the episode when all these people are on dates at the movies, um, trappers kind of necking with somebody. We see a corpsman necking with somebody. We see Father Mulcahy sitting very uncomfortably between <laughs> yes. them. The lights come up. Klinger goes off with a nurse. I think he's dressed better than her. His dress looks a lot... um, (laughs) Just saying, he's more colorful. Mm -hmm. Um, And we even see Kelly. Um, She doesn't have a credited role. Yeah, Kelly uh, Kelly Nakahara. She is there on a date with Radar, who is eating fried chicken out of a bag. (laughs) There was a lot of fried chicken in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he um yeah you see him with a drumstick, and obviously from the bag. And Kelly's looking at him, and he's looking at the chicken. So <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I like when Frank came in and said, "This is the last straw," and Hawkeye said, "Remind me, we need I mean, to order more straws." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because what he came in, and uh, he said. You guys have been reading my letter home. No, no. I know you have, because every time I leave, I take and pull a hair out of my head and put it on the letter, and that hair is gone. Frank, why would we read your crummy letter, Trapper says. I have my own to write. Then he quotes. And then he quotes Frank's letter. (laughs) And then they said something about, we'll check on this, because um, we don't want you to go bald. From writing too many letters. Yeah, and that's when Corporal Walker shows up. Right. And asks Hawkeye for help. Yep. Yeah, because the baby's a little colicky. And they knew right away that they didn't want Frank. They wanted Hawkeye. So they know where the compassion is in the camp. Yeah, definitely. 
um, a little bit later, after all of this marriage stuff starts getting underway and Hawkeye starts trying to help, um, Major Burns and Major Houlihan come into uh, Henry's office. And who does all the speaking? <laughs> Margaret. For? Frank. <laughs> and even This is what Frank says. <laughs> yeah. Henry even says, Frank, it's amazing. Your lips didn't move once. How do you do that? And Margaret keeps going on about how, like, Henry's not even a commander. He's just an imposter. And Henry stands up. Frank, if you don't stop with that talk, I'm going to have to punch her right in the mouth. <laughs> I'm not saying anything because I'm livid. Henry, there are certain things about marriage that make it sacred, and I know that only deep thought and consideration has made my marriage the sort that will last forever. And Margaret was not happy with that. Oh, Frank! <laughs> she runs out. <laughs> um, so that's a great part. It's a great part just because you see Frank is totally serious that he's committed to his marriage. As he's having an affair with Margaret, but doesn't think of that even as a... It doesn't even enter his mind that that's wrong. Yeah, well, I I think he's very thoughtless about it. Like, it just, it's assumed. Right. So why should he even give it two minutes thought? But, yeah. Looking through my notes... Yeah, that's. I, I think that's. That's about it. This that's was a, about it's, it. It's a fun episode to watch, but it's very pointed. We really see. Really makes you think about race and things. You know, mm-hmm. I I hope it's not still hard for people to get apartments by their looks and their acts, but. Uh. It, I remember, um, maybe a few years ago, somebody. Uh, did a study where they did phone interviews for apartments. Uh huh. And anybody with an accent, it was harder for them to get an apartment. Okay. Yeah. Which, on top of that, you consider the fact that there's a three-generation rule. Basically, any immigrant, by the time you get to the third generation of that family, will have assimilated to the culture. Okay. So, in other words, if you were talking to somebody uh, who's a third-generation descendant of an immigrant... They would know the culture. Well, if you talk to them on the phone, you would not be able to tell that they were not... Oh, okay. ...the same race, ethnicity, whatever, as you. They would sound the same on the phone. If you talk to them in person, you might be able to see the difference. Okay, but, but you, you couldn't would, hear the difference on the You couldn't hear phone. it, yeah. But the first generation, you definitely could. So it, I think it is still kind of a problem, but that's also why you have... That's like, always going to be an, a problem. Yeah. I mean, it always is. There's always going to be someone that's too hairy, too ugly, mm. too, you know, mm-hmm. us as humans look at looks, and whether we like it or not, yeah, we do. Yeah, and we do prejudge. But and we that, do prejudge. But that is why there's, like, the Federal Housing right. Authority or whatever, and why there are laws in the, in the states, in the country, about anti-discrimination. Right. And that's why, because we do tend to prejudge. Like it or not, we do. I yeah. I know, like, 60 Minutes or something, I saw something, too, where they put a fat suit on and went around. Mm. And that was, That's you know, horrible. Yeah, that right, always... it's terrible. And, you know, there everyone has something. I don't care who we are, we all yeah. have something that... No matter how human you try to be, we all have some sort of prejudice that will eventually come out, and that's... 
the sort of fat suit thing is right that people treat fat people differently and there's and black people and Chinese people and mm -hmm. you know we all have white people it there's a lot of stuff yeah I've taken a lot of cultural um, classes in because I came up through college to do education so I've had a lot of those sorts of mm -hmm. classes on culture on white culture white privilege you know and how we need to try and adjust that and um, and I've worked with the Hmong community when I worked at Nicolay school and just the th using a red pen to mark with mm -hmm. was like a death sentence to their culture when you mm -hmm. used a red pen so little mm -hmm. things like that that we didn't know mm -hmm. it's yeah you don't always know you're you're doing bad things. And no, you just that's do. getting to know other cultures. Right. But you know, why did we get on this tangent? Because again, oh, I sorry. think <laughs> no. Back to the episode. It has a really good message in this one. Right. Um, if nothing else, it acts as a mirror for society today and where we've come from and where we still are. And the the husband or the fiance, whatever yeah. you call him. He was truly concerned about the health of his child. Yeah. Where it turned out to just be colic. Mm -hmm. But he was concerned. Yeah. With the health of his child. Yeah. You know, that's his when baby. It, it's his. Yeah. When it comes down to it, I mean, you know, now that I have. Laura yeah. and I have a, a four month old, it's like. It changes. It really does. It changes how you view the world. And it's like, I get it. He just yeah. was concerned about his child. He didn't. He didn't see anything other than his child. His and child him. and his wife. He and wanted to go wife. home and he needed them to come along. Yeah, and the only way that they could really make that happen... Is if they were married. Is if they were married. And, yeah, like Lieutenant uh, Regina... They thought they got married, though. I mean, at least well, she did. Well, she did, because... They he, had the cook married. She, she wouldn't, she wouldn't uh, commit to the act until they were married. And, yeah, he had the cook, who used to be an altar boy, do the ceremony. So just thought I'd point out that her morals were more than uh, his, but he came around, which is right. nice. And Father Mulcahy does do the ceremony at the end of the episode, so they are legitimately really married. married. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is a really nice episode in that it has that nice moral message about society, and that we do see Hawkeye really um, have that very strong moral compass. Right. I'm calling it a moral compass about what is right and the fact is if two people love, love each, each other, other they should be able to get married he, right he basically says that that'd be fun to see that mash come back now in this day and age with the same cast but at the ages that they're at mm -hmm. and see what happens yeah that would be we cool should just do that <laughs> um <laughs> just a few other things in this episode we see lieutenant ginger bayless again yeah you notice that yeah but only in or when her when she has a mask on she has one line and that's it mm -hmm. or maybe two it's like a joke and henry says nurse we're supposed to be the ones doing wisecracks or something <laughs> right henry. um and we do see Klinger and father mulcahy but they're still credited as guests I think that covers this episode. Let's go on to the trial of Henry Blake. The, Tell us a little bit about it. The trial of Henry Blake. So this was, first of all, this was written by McLean Stevenson. I thought so, that was interesting. Why yeah, did you notice that? Yeah, so it's written by Henry Blake, which I think you can tell. It's a very 
um, probative episode for Henry Blake, one that really develops his character more, which is good. And what we end up hearing is all these things we've been seeing in MASH kind of come out. How Henry Blake is kind of loose with the rules. And so he's being brought to trial on charges. Well, a whole bunch of charges. A whole bunch of charges, but two in particular. And that's like misappropriation of military resources and aiding and abetting the enemy. Um, that's a biggie. Yeah, and of course, who brought him up on these charges? Majors, Burns, and Houlihan. Because if Frank or if Henry goes, Frank takes over. <laughs> so that's what happened there. Um, Radar comes back from Regimental HQ from the hearing because they are keeping Henry there until they can make a decision on whether or not to file formal charges. Raider comes back to MASH, informs Hawkeye and Trapper of what's going on. They go and confront Margaret and Frank, which I think was their first mistake. Yeah. Because then Frank, as acting CO... Time for a drink, sorry. Sorry, little irritation in the throat. Um, <laughs> locks them up, because they tell him his, their whole plan. House arrest. Yeah, it, it's like, we're going to go and get Meg Craddy to save Colonel... Blake and his brass and Frank puts him under arrest well, don't tell Frank <laughs> but they um, get Clinger to help them bust out they go and get Meg Craddy take her to the hearing and Meg Craddy is really at the center of those two bigger charges the charges revolve around the fact that Henry ordered supplies and handed them over to Meg Craddy who's a nurse operating um a, a, a clinic that's like three whatever it was three miles north of the border so she's technically treating the enemy so therefore Henry is aiding and abetting the, the enemy which is treason which could get him shot so that's really what's going on here and they bring in Meg Craddy and uh, McLean Stevenson stands up at the end of the episode and goes, look, I'm just trying to help. I'm a doctor trying to run a hospital. If that makes me guilty, so be it, so I am. Shoot me. And uh, the general in charge says at that point, basically, well, I don't see any reason to bring up the charges. Clearly this is okay. Because, like, Meg Craddy even gives a little speech and says, I don't ask politics. When people come in, I treat them. And Colonel Blake had the balls to help me. Yeah, yeah. Um, then Margaret and Frank come in and say, we won't drop the charges. Hawkeye writes a little note, hands it to Frank. <laughs> Frank says, you wouldn't dare. Hawkeye just shakes his head, and Frank agrees to drop the charges. And that's kind of how it ends. What are all the charges? Now that we've gotten through the basic synopsis, let's go through them line by line. First of all, on uh, Derby Day... So the Kentucky Derby Day, they had gurney races with the nurses where Henry was acting as the announcer and Radar was taking bets. So I have first playing ping pong on two surgical tables with... Well, that's, um yeah, at the beginning of the episode, Hawkeye and Trapper are playing ping pong on two gurneys, gurneys 
using surgical masks as, as the net. Right. And that's when... Uh, oh, but that's not one of the charges. That's not one of the oh, charges. Okay. That's when okay. Henry and Radar are headed off to Regimental. Yep, okay. But yeah, the first Sorry. the first charge is about Derby Day um, and allowing betting on... Yeah, Radar's taking On the bets. base. And not only did Henry allow it, but he participated. And... Go bouncing Betty. Betty. Go Bounce. bouncing Betty. Bouncing Betty is really <laughs> bouncing. Um, she was too. Watch this episode. It's fun. <laughs> the next one was that one of the enlisted personnel was selling wingtip shoes from the Style Right Shoe Company of Storm Lake, Iowa. For eight ninety five. And that was radar. <laughs> well, there was this thing on the back of them. A comic book where if you filled it out and gave them your information they sent you a foot measuring thing in a sample shoe Henry did you participate no because they didn't have my size they yes did. they did <laughs> Look, I have high said. arches you just weren't willing to spend the 195 <laughs> radar uh, and Henry got in a little fight right in front of them about right the side the, the wingtip shoes which mm -hmm. was kind of funny but, yeah, but the, the third thing is hilarious. Um, so throughout the episode, throughout these little minor charges, we keep seeing <laughs> Klinger with like bamboo poles and silk red. Yeah, material? like red, like just um, whole rolls, yards, yards and yards of red material. And finally, um, you see him on the top of like a hill or a cliff. He has a pilot's cap on, and you can clearly see a glider, a hang see, glider. See, Ben, that's how you can get home from Texas. You can just fly home on your... <laughs> I, I think your son would be better off with the plane. Okay. Plus, you know, we're up north. He's down south. Oh, so he would so fly the wrong way. he would fly way. the wrong way. Okay. <laughs> just just anyway, stuck me in the head. I don't know why. Anyway. <laughs> So Klinger gets a running start and takes off on this thing. Uh, Hawkeye is out on a date with somebody. Trapper's out on a date with somebody. Hawkeye looks <laughs> off. Did you see that? See what? It looked like a big red bird with fuzzy pink feet. And then Trapper comes in with his date. Did you see that? A big red bird Where with fuzzy, fuzzy red feet. Yeah. Yeah. Now okay. where, where are we? <laughs> and then they start making out again. Um, they ask Henry, so what did you think about this attempt of your corporal to go AWOL. I think he would have made it if he had had a better tailwind. <laughs> um, I don't know where he was trying to go. He would end up in Korea either way. Do clingers... Like not, well, he's not going to go you, across the ocean. Well, no, but do you, he, his plans don't always make sense. Do you remember the one where he was brought back into Colonel Potter's office and he was in a swimming suit cap and he had a raft. I don't remember that one. Yeah, the MP said he was trying to uh, make it to the ocean and swim away. <laughs> Potter's like, Klinger, you would have drowned. Not a chance, sir. I would have... It's something like, not a chance. I had this. And he sets the raft down on Colonel Potter's desk. And it's one where it's auto-inflating. So, so he pulls, pulls the, the tab and it just... And it's like a 12-person raft, so it takes up the whole office. <laughs> so they don't always, his schemes don't always make sense. So watch for that one. Yeah. Or listen for that Yeah. One. But, um, so yeah. And then the final two are 
the ones about aiding and abetting or uh, giving aid and comfort and then like misappropriation of resources and again uh, the the guys end up being able to go and get Meg Craddy bring her to uh, regimental HQ to testify on Henry's behalf and you know, Henry and in, she in, brought a pregnant woman she brought a pregnant woman and said this is the product of Henry, Henry Blake's work oh for the love of and then but then Henry stands up and says look general Meg Craddy runs a clinic before she was helping the hill people seven out of ten of their babies died, died. if I gave a little penicillin and a little medicine and helped some people from the north you know like so be it I just love that part of MASH that brings the humanity into mm -hmm. why we do what we do yeah um, so then you know after hearing that and after hearing how really it's nothing big what Henry does at his base it's nothing supremely bad immoral illegal it's just kind of odd yeah, <laughs> it's right. a bunch of odd stuff and he's handling it so and that, he handles it in a very Henry kind of way yeah but that makes sense in the world yeah and the general sees that and he's like okay well then you know Frank and Margaret show up well I'm going to expunge the record and if you drop the charges, charges well I don't I refuse to sir because you know whatever Frank gets up on his soapbox and waves the flag basically and um, the note that Hawkeye writes because Radar reads it at the end of the episode, the note that Hawkeye writes says, Dear Mrs. Burns, since you are so proud of your husband, we thought it would be fair to tell you that he's often... Out of to, uniform. To tell you how often he's out of uniform <laughs> and with whom. He's like, you wouldn't in a heartbeat. We dropped the charges. <laughs> Frank! And he hands the note to, to Margaret. We dropped the charges. <laughs> um, so that's really cute. And then, uh, by the way, going back, how they get out of house arrest. How they get help with that. Because they're... I know this is bothering you, but... It's, yes, it is. <laughs> they are in their skivvies. He stopped the tape they, so they, he can sit and read the yeah, script. Well, they, they are in their boxer shorts... In a tent with an MP outside. So what uh, Trapper ends up doing, because Klinger brings them in food. Well, Trapper writes a note and hands it to Klinger and says, here's a prescription for your post-nasal drip. And Klinger goes, <laughs> I don't have any. And Trapper says, take it or take you it, will. <laughs> and I, I want to know what the note says, because it's cursive. So he actually wrote something. You know, Wayne Rogers like wrote something. Me, no, it was cursive. You could clearly see an eye on the second line, and I just want to know if it was, like, you know, don't laugh at this, even though it's really funny, or if he legitimately wrote... What it is that he should put in his drink. Yeah. Get this sedative out of the cabinet, put it in beer, and give it to the guard. I want to know. Um, but it was it was legitimately a note he gave to Clear. Clear folded it up, put it in his brassiere, uh, walked past the guard and went because <laughs> <laughs> he had post nasal drip. drip. Yeah, so but yeah, that that's the one part that's bothering me a little bit is like I would love to know if that was an actual note 
because I know that when I did plays in high school, uh, more than one of the actors on stage, when they had to write something, they would write something really obscene and oh. then hand it to the other guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, just to see if they would crack. Okay. Because, you know, it's like, this is You're a serious to... scene. This is a serious thing. And it's like something really obscene. It's like, oh, yes, of course, that makes total sense. It's like, wow, they're good actors because I would have been <laughs> able to. I would have cracked. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Trial of Henry Blake. We see Henry develop as a character. Meg Craddy we see for the first time. We see her again later on in the show. Different actress at that point. And we see yet another attempt by Frank and Margaret to dethrone Henry. Oh, many attempts. Uh, <laughs> we see yet another attempt foiled, which is fantastic because Henry is a great leader. I love the ending of this, though. I just think it's hilarious because remember, one of the charges that Henry was being oh, brought up against I was, um, you know, Radar was selling the wingtip shoes. And it just showed the support that they had for Radar because at the end, when they all, Henry came in a Jeep with the general, general, with the general, and they all, and the general said, I just want to see this unit that you're running, that you're running and just see how it runs. And Henry said, you know what? We're just GI. We're just the basic GI camp. And as they pull in, everyone's saluting the general. First of all, Klinger hands Henry flowers. Flowers, and they all are wearing the wingtip black and white shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so they all supported Radar. Radar was yeah. quite the salesman. He sold every single person a pair of shoes. Oh, everybody loves Radar. So I would have bought a, a pair. That was a, yeah. So <laughs> I, that was a great ending. So, yeah, you just laughed happy and laughing mm -hmm. because you looked at those wingtip shoes and went, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we say this a lot, but these are definitely episodes worth seeing. Uh, there are episodes that I think that you just don't talk about. <laughs> um, sad. I, well, sad or, or it just, like in Doctor Who. Every season has an episode that you just kind of pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. Because it's like, I, it's Doctor Who, but we don't need it. We, we can go without it's it. It's like the Simpsons Halloween episode that you have to ignore because no. everyone dies? No, that's different. Oh, that's okay. out of canon. I'm talking about episodes where you watch it and go, uh, not that, that great. That feels like you were off the mark when you wrote that. But these two are not those episodes. No, no, we will let you know because I, I have one in particular okay. where if that was out, out of the series forever, I'd be totally fine with it. I can't wait till we get to it. It's a Colonel Potter era episode. It's focused on Hawkeye, and it just that one. It's like I could do without Is ever it black having. Black and white. No. Oh, no. Nope. I love that one. I love those. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, you know these are worth watching. These are not those sorts of episodes. Um, so watch and enjoy, and yeah, watch with us, and you can watch by going to Netflix and looking at Mash. Right. <laughs> you said you watch, not listen. You can listen to us by. <laughs> you said <Woo>! watch. <laughs> we were finishing more our, whiskey than than mash this night. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if this is your first episode and you enjoyed listening to us, head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Search for Whiskey and Mash or Chris Pullman or Gloria Ackerman, and you can subscribe to Whiskey and Mash, and then. 
directly to your device will automatically be downloaded all of our latest episodes whenever they come out. From Sunday nights. From Sunday nights. We do them Sunday nights. Um, if you don't do the whole podcast thing, we have the raw MP3s of this podcast available on our website. Pardon me. Uh, narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash. So that's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C dot com slash whiskey and mash. All the MP3s are there. You can download them, put them on your MP3 listening device, or you can actually just listen to them via the website so long as your browser supports playing uh, MP3 files. So I highly encourage you to do that. We have a lot of back episodes at this point that you can listen to. Um... Give us your feedback. Give us your feedback. We have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash, or email us at whiskey and mash at narclaninc.com. Those emails come to us. We read all the, all the suggestions. And in fact, we're looking for some suggestions right now because in previous episodes, we started off the episode talking about the characters, but we've really. Run out of characters. We've run out of main characters. <laughs> and the secondary ones. There's not a lot on them. So if you have an idea on something that we can do at the front of every episode, let us know. We would love to hear your ideas. And Chris and his wife are busy because they have... Oh, we have a new podcast that we just started up, Geeks, apparently. Um, Just basically, you know, we're new parents, and we want to kind of show that we can still be geeks, still be nerdy, still live that life and participate in it it may have to change but we can still do it and just to show everybody because especially if you're going to be a parent and you're a geek and all of us are at some level i mean we are about mash that's why we're doing this um you know just to show that you can still do that uh and then you know since you're probably going to plug it anyway my other (laughs) i do another podcast where uh, it's called Chris Reed's Book. It's where I read chapters out of my first novel, Mr. and Deceit from Earth to Mars. All those are available over on the website. Head over there. All of our contact information is over at the website narclaninc.com. But for this week, I'm Chris Pullman. I'm Gloria Ackerman. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. This has been Whiskey and Mash. Man, a great week. Mm hmm. Yeah, I like both those episodes. Oh.